When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Dr. Roger Hodkinson and um, yet another uh, another unpersoned guest that uh, you're not allowed to have on. And uh, I thought you would I thought you would be tickled by knowing. So you know, how, like I stopped uploading episodes of you to YouTube forever ago. And what I would do is just upload those like 20 second clips. It would just be you and I, like what we're doing right now. And then it would be me saying, "Hey, go watch it on Rumble, bit shoot, whatever." Those got taken down for medical misinformation. Just your voice and your face got taken down. You didn't even say a word. You were just like, hi, Tommy, how you doing? That got taken down. So um, as I've told people now, I'm just not going to upload anything to YouTube except just me saying, hey, guys, go watch it over here. And uh, with Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Robert Malone, Dr. Mobian Saeed, uh, Dr. George Farid, and uh, next week having a couple more on, I'm, uh, I'm doing everything I can to hold up a middle finger to him. But before I keep uh, running my mouth, Dr. Hawkinson, please introduce yourself. And as always, please state your CV and your resume, because uh, the first thing people watching these episodes go to is, ah, to anti-vaxxers, which is why when I have on physicians such as yourself and Fareed and McCullough and Malone and Saeed and all the others, I have you state who you are and what authority you can speak from. And do you have all the answers? No, but you are a medical professional and you're being censored, and so I'm going to do my best to uncensor you. Dr. Hodkinson. Thank you, Tommy, and it's a pleasure to be on your show again. I appreciate the exposure, and uh, on behalf of humanity. Absolutely. I'm a um, Canadian pathologist. I, uh, my accent gives me away. <laughs> I, um, I got my basic medical degrees from Cambridge in Britain. I did pathology training in Canada. Uh, since then, I've done a variety of things of fairly significant impact. Uh, I've been an assistant professor at the University of Alberta. I've been the CEO of a large industrial scale medical laboratory. Um, I practiced in Michigan, the UK and Canada. Um, I've been the president of our provincial society of pathologists. Um, I've been the uh, chairman of the examination board that sets the examination for pathology residents in Canada. Rather important role to make sure that um, breast biopsies are being read appropriately, for example. Um, I've done a lot of forensic pathology work, um, and I'm currently the chairman of uh, an American biotechnology company in, in North Carolina. But before all of that, it's pretty good, but I'm most proud of a different thing. I've been honorary chairman of Action on Smoking and Health. I was uh, for a couple of decades taking on the predatory marketing practices of big tobacco, and I probably saved more lives in that role, at a political role nationally and provincially, than I ever did looking down a microscope. Um, so, yeah, that's who I am. Uh, full disclosure, um, I'm a trumper, 
through and through. And um, here's to Trump's next victory. <laughs> Don't worry, I think virtually every person that watches this podcast is. Some mm-hmm. aren't, but a lot are. And the one thing I always try to push for with people that watch this podcast is you don't have to like Trump. You don't have to like me. You don't like to have, you don't have to like Dr. Hodkinson. You don't have to like any of us. But I know there are a lot of people that watch my podcast that all of those are true for, but they do at the very least dislike censorship and they right. agree for my right to say it. And those people, shout out to those people because that's what it's all about is it's okay well, to disagree. Having said all of that, Trump Trump was dead wrong on all things COVID. Yes, he was. He was dead wrong. He was fed a pack of lies by Fauci and Burks that we know categorically from a whistleblower. He was innocent of the actions that they forced him to take. And... um, and then one final thing about me, just for context, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I'm, I believe vaccines have a huge place to play in public health. Um, I'm not a great resetter. Um, did the great resetters um, get an incredible opportunity that landed in their laps quite unexpectedly? Absolutely. Did they milk it to the hilt? Is that one of the principal reasons Trump lost the election? Absolutely. But it was not a plan in the top right-hand drawer of all the ministers of health um, internationally. That that idea is utterly ludicrous. Yeah, that that's something that I wholeheartedly ag- agree with you on. I also admit that, who knows, we might be wrong one day, but I tend to agree with you. I think it's more of a target of opportunity. This thing came up, we, mm-hmm. you know, did the government do 9-11? I don't think so. Did they milk it? Absolutely. That's, I think it's more along those lines. And as we're seeing it right now with vaccine passports and uh, you're not allowed to question it and 11,940 deaths as of today in the United States from vaccines. Anyone that um, pushes conspiracy theories undermines the credibility of the overwhelming evidence that we've talked about on this show, bottom line of which is You've been lied to from start to finish. It's all a pack of lies. Nothing worse than a bad seasonal flu in the grand scheme of things. Older people with comorbidities could have been and still could be protected much more effectively. Um, That's the scale of the madness that's been going on for nothing more in the grand scheme of things than a bad seasonal flu. Said so with thunder by Dr. Ioannidis out of Stanford, the world's top epidemiologist who said that categorically. I can't get him to respond to my emails. <laughs> I've emailed him several times. I can't get him to respond. It's, where do you see this going? Are we going to beat the drums again to lockdowns? Are we going to keep going down the Greek alphabet like, a, you know, like a bunch, like a sorority row at a SEC school? Are we just going to name them all off, Lambda, Theta, Gamp? Are we going to do that? Or is the new power grab vaccine passports? Or are any of those things you even want to talk about? This is when I have on you or other physicians, I kind of I, I try not to control the conversation because you guys are the experts on this. What is on your mind of everything we've talked about with COVID? And as of today, Friday, August 6th, 2021, what do you want to talk about, Dr. Hodgkinson? Um, Chartered vaccination, 
shedding vaccine passports. Those are probably the big three, I think. Um, the the VAERS deaths, of course, uh, we should also emphasize as grossly understated. And maybe we could start with that, Tony. Sure, um, let's start with that. Um, the CDC stats are, are quite unreliable. They've been changing up and down by the day. You have to wonder what the hell's going on over there. It seems like a gong show. But what we do know is from previous vaccine um, trials that the uh, number of uh, deaths that are currently occurring with these vaccines is a, an order of magnitude higher than anything that's ever happened before in any vaccine program. In fact, the cumulative deaths attributed to vaccines over the last 30 years are less than the number of vaccine-associated death, deaths being reported now with one vaccine. It's at that scale of disparity. It's a spike. It's it's like the hockey stick with global warming. I mean, it's, it's amazing that this just hasn't had a, a reaction um, that's appropriate to the scale of death that is taking place. And that graph that you showed is likely 10 times understated given previous vaccine, the adverse react, adverse uh, report reporting from previous vaccine trials. So this, and that, those are just the deaths, remember? Oh, yeah. You multiply that by probably another 10 with significant but non-lethal events such as strokes, heart attacks, pulmonary emboli, etc., major medical events that people are surviving. That does that's not included in in that um, in that uh, death graph. I will, off the top of my head, I can I know that in the United States there's eleven thousand nine hundred and forty vaccine-related deaths. One thousand that's not including one thousand two hundred and seventy-two miscarriages, nor is that including twelve thousand eight hundred and eight people permanently disabled there's a whole bunch of stats but those are the ones that i memorized and as of right now we are at 518,769 total reports 40,000 hospitalizations 65,000 urgent cares 4,000 anaphylaxis anaphylaxis 3,700 bell's palsy 4,800 heart attacks 3,200 myocarditis 1,900 thrombocytopenia 11,200 life-threatening 22,000 severe allergic reaction and 6,000 tinnitus. And that's okay. That's okay. We got to fight the flu. But let's, let's continue vaccinating pregnant women. Let's start vaccinating kids down to six months of age. And that's okay. With a, with a vaccine that has never been tested in the usual fashion with the appropriate time frame. We do clinical trials for one reason and one reason only. We don't know what we don't know. If we knew what was going to happen, we wouldn't do them. We do them because of looking for the unexpected and the number of those unex unexpected events. And lo and behold, surprise, these numbers are coming out of the woodwork. That's what would have been determined had this clinical trial been conducted in the usual fashion. It would never have got this far. Previous, some previous clinical trials with 25 deaths alone have been shut down. Mm -hmm. This one's got thousands and it's still going on. You have to ask yourself, who's running the show? 
This is, from a medical perspective, Tommy, this is the most grotesque event in medical history by an order of magnitude. It's a monster. And that's not even counting the potential, I underline that, we don't know, the potential for serious long-term consequences, which could make these, these complications look trivial. We're talking about immune enhancement um, possibility. Uh, we're talking about fertility issues. Uh, we're talking about delayed premature onset of heart failure and dementia. I do want to talk about that in terms of the, the new discoveries of intravascular coagulation, coagulation taking place inside blood vessels. Terribly important finding with all kinds of uh, potential for horrendous long-term consequences. We just don't know. And I'm saying this as someone who spent his life, a proud career in evidence-based medicine, inspecting laboratories, setting examinations, and so on and so on and so on. I've been a, I've been a foot soldier for traditional mainstream evidence-based medicine. And on this one, I'm drawing a line in the sand and I'm putting my career on the line. Take shots at me if you want, but I'm not gonna be quiet. This is a monster that's been let loose on society for really no reason whatsoever. It never was a public health emergency, nowhere close. And that was the, the single initial event that gave them the latitude to have all these mandates and have a, a warp speed vaccine program it's you know it's what dr peter mccullough said uh a couple days ago when i had him on here is um yeah 1976 there was 25 deaths from the uh the flu shot and they shut it down 25 they shut it down and he also cites the figure that in the united states across all vaccines because you know, always oh, given them out not not covid across all vaccines he said we give out regularly about 70 different vaccines he said we give out around 500 million jabs and annually across all ages across all vaccines you get about 125 deaths and that out of 500 million is i think deemed the upper limit of what is okay yeah. we are looking at right now 340 65 345 or 365 million doses given out in the united states for covid for one vaccine granted it's there's four different vaccines mm -hmm. and we're looking at what's been all we can say is what's confirmed it's very underreported let's just take the underreported number it's 11,940 it, it's a nightmare absurd it's an absolute nightmare medically I always have to question this because I, I kind of feel like I'm going insane. Why, why is this allowed to go through? Is it just, is it is it because they're making money hand over fist? Is it because they've got this massive sample size to test this new technology and they're saving billions of dollars in clinical trials that they have carte blanche to do? What What is it? What What is this? You, know, you look at something like the Iraq war and it's like, was it, was the WMD data fabricated or was it just sort of this bumbling, 
defense contractors were making money. Bush wanted a strong foreign policy. Everyone was mad about the Twin Towers. Who cares if it didn't have anything to do? We just got to do something. And you kind of bumble through it. And then 20 years later, you pull out and you go, what was that all about? And it was just it was just kind of a, a haze, a sort of, as Dr. McCullough says, a sort of trance. You're just you're just doing it and you're not entirely sure why. And you, sometimes you can't really tell until later. <clears throat> what what is like like what the hell is going on how is this i get it if there's an outbreak of ebola sure i'd probably take the vaccine too maybe i'd maybe i die from a heart attack but i'd rather that than bleed out of my face what the hell is going on well in a very general sense the only reason anything ever gets done anywhere quite apart from COVID, is very simply put. Everyone else is doing it. It's copycat. There was no due diligence done on that idiot Ferguson from the get-go. He was wrong by orders of magnitude on his projections for previous pandemics. His Armageddon um, scenario hit the desk of every prime minister and president on exactly the same morning, and they panicked. No one did due diligence on this idiot. They, they enacted all these ridiculous responses, and it became, but it became very clear very quickly that it was the older people with comorbidities who were dying, and the working well and children were dying in fewer numbers than they did with the flu. But by that time, the die was passed. And the number one rule in politics is never apologize, mm -hmm. double down, double down, double down. Well, the lay people listening, you get it. Something of this magnitude has been attempted for over a year and it's not been successful. Is it not common sense that none of it is working period. None of it is working, period. Quite apart from the, the science behind it, just look at the effects. It's been going on for over a year. And when I say nothing is working, I mean nothing, nothing, underlined in neon. Masks, social distancing, travel bans, lockdowns, and now the vaccine. The vaccine isn't living up to its initial hype. Quite apart from that, it's killing people in, to, to a degree that was never anticipated. So nothing works. But they can't stop the madness that they started because it implies political stupidity. Well, it is actual political stupidity that's causing the prolongation of this. It's, it's nothing more than that. It's politics playing medicine, as I said publicly. That's a very, very dangerous game. Stick to your knitting, legislation, and don't practice medicine on the general public. The world is now a massive laboratory experiment, like billions of rats being injected with stuff just to see what happens that should have been determined way before any of this started. Because it never was a public health emergency. So in the grand scheme of things, it's a mild disease. So if you want to put a finger on it, 
It's Occam's razor in action. Find the simplest explanation, despite despite all the competing theories and conspiracy theories and so on. Occam's razor would say the bottom line of all of this is very simple: it's political stupidity. Did you ever watch the the like seven? And I, I don't watch TV. I don't watch movies. I don't watch Netflix or anything. So it's it's a rarity that I happen to watch this a couple years ago. Did you by any chance watch the miniseries on HBO Chernobyl? It, I don't read. I don't watch. I work. My kind of guy. Well. I, I did take a break from uh, that's the last thing I, I, th I think that's the last that's the last uh, fiction work I've watched so it was about two years ago but the entire thing you see is it's just this everyone knows the Chernobyl story but it's and it's fairly accurate but what it really is is just people lying to each other and confirming each other's lies and when anyone speaks up you know in pure Soviet fashion they just they get disappeared. When there's rumors, they start cutting phone lines. If someone tries to publish something, the KGB visits their house. And everyone's just confirming. No, we're, nope, it's not this. It's the readers are wrong. The, uh, the, the, the radiation meters are wrong. The Geiger counters are wrong. And, they, everyone, and then their superiors show up and then they confirm it. And nope, it wasn't that. And it wasn't that. And reactors can't explode. And, you know, every once in a while, a doctor's like, or, or, or a physicist's like, what are you talking about? Like, there's there's graphite outside like it exploded like you know Igor's dead and they're like nope that can't happen and then finally when they detect like a radiation cloud in like Switzerland and then like the military comes in and it's some Soviet general and he's like you know he's like what the hell's going on and they go and test it and he's like there's a full-on nuclear meltdown here and like everyone's arrested for it but it's just this whole thing where it's like the power of the state Sure, I mean you can squash rumors and political incorrectness and you can you can do a pretty good job at that. Totalitarian dictatorships have done pretty well at that all throughout history before they inevitably fail. But one thing you can't do is like what Elon Musk said. He was like, You can't print more money because we're in a pandemic. Like it loses its value. We know inflation we goes back to the dawn of time. We know the the horrors of inflation. There's a finite amount of resources. You can print more of it, but then it's just worth less. That same sort of law goes for it doesn't matter if, you know, Hitler's top generals lied to him and they're like, we're going to take it back. And they're all like, we're going to push back the Soviets and then we're going to drop a nuke on New York. And he was like, perfect, perfect, perfect. Reality, all of Germany was on fire and the Soviets were just marching in and shelling the shit out of Berlin, Berlin. But still, they just lied to themselves till eventually, like Chernobyl, they realized, oh, shit, or eventually where Hitler, you know, ate a bullet eventually the science just breaks through like a like water tearing through a dam and that is what i feel like is going on right now we have this big political dam and everyone on social media is confirming each other and if you don't get the vaccine you're a you're a trump tard you're a moron you don't blah blah, blah. and it's just all the while there's just people dropping from this thing. People just you know shaking. There are people that who you know they they can't talk anymore. Their face is drooping. And eventually, it's it's kind of like the Geiger counter. It's like, hold on, I think there's a nuclear meltdown going on. To me, that's what it feels like. It's like we're in the midst of Chernobyl right now, or we're in the Fuhrer bunker, and we're going. 
I don't think we're winning, guys. I think the Soviets are outside. No, 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 we're winning. It's like, I'm going to run out the back door. Like, Godspeed. That's kind of what I feel it's going on. Sorry for that rant. Yeah. <laughs> not really moving the needle. Um, if any of your listeners are wealthy philanthropists, I would propose to them to take this suggestion very seriously. We are currently looking for $2 million U.S. to start an international organization, seed money, rapidly followed by crowdfunding with a formal full-time paid organization that really says it like it is, not a WHO type at all, guerrilla marketing, frontal attack, um, led by someone with war scars. And um, I put that out there. That's what we're looking for, uh, followed by crowdfunding, which would be a tsunami, a tsunami of crowdfunding, given the issues of children and vaccine passports. We can move the needle, but we need an organization to do it. And that's that's an open opportunity to uh, communicate through through Tommy. Um, Absolutely. Why? We, the way I phrase it, Tommy, you can't fight a juggernaut, if I can use World War, World War II analogy here, you can't fight a juggernaut with a pea shooter. Mm -hmm. We're too disorganized. They're getting away with murder, literally. Today, as you and I are speaking, people are dropping like flies from this vaccine and having life-changing experiences from the vaccine that is utterly inexcusable, has no justification in medicine, and is the most gigantic medical malpractice that has ever taken place. It's on that scale. And we need to push back in a much more coordinated, effective way, using all the tools in the trick book of guerrilla marketing and social media. But there's one thing at the end of the day they can't suppress. Martin Luther discovered that centuries ago. It's called the printing press. To my knowledge, Books are being written as we speak, detailing chapter and verse of everything that happened from the very get-go with Fauci's sticky fingers all over that contract, right the way through to all the mandates that had one explicit purpose and one only, to protect his backside, because he was the first man on earth to know that the gig was up when that escaped from Wuhan. He knew he was on the hook and he was desperate to minimize the consequences of it. And we've all suffered from that ridiculous, pathetic attempt to minimize the consequences of what happened. So when the books come out, lay language, straight shooting, heads will roll. And the first to roll, if not before then, is going to be Fauci, of course, if he's not in jail before then. Um, you remember that? Uh, electric exchange between Fauci and, um, and Paul, um, Rand Paul. Mm -hmm. Dr. Fauci, I'd like to remind you that lying before Congress is subjected to a five-year jail term. He still doubled down on his lie. It's... What a, what a vile man. No, he's, no, no, he's, a, he's a rat. It's... For, for the foundation... Would you, would you say, or I would think that 
you guys should start like crowdfunding immediately instead of not that I have any experience in this, mm -hmm. but just off the top of my head, I would think instead of waiting, don't wait to crowdfund until you get an endowment. I would say just start crowdfunding because the vast majority, I would say probably virtually 100% of the people that listen to this podcast are probably no, only capable of throwing five or $10, but you could start. No, there, there are lots of attempts like that going on. Okay. And it's got to be on a, on a different scale. All right. Um, we, and if, if there was a, an immediate injection of $2 million, we'd be up to the races faster than any crowdfunding. Okay. Um, Fair enough. Speed, speed is of the essence. We needed this yesterday. And there can be no delay in trying to present this approach to the general population who might then wake up and realize they've been taken for suckers. Yeah. They put their lives on the line basically to save the hide of politicians. That's the big equation that's been going on, aided and abetted by the colleges of physicians and surgeons who regulate physicians, who have been the enforcers of government policy, knowing it was dead wrong, they went along with it anyway. The very bodies that are supposed to protect the general population from medicine to make sure we're not pedophiles and not cutting off the wrong leg, doing good things historically. But this go around, they become the enforcers of government policy. And instead of that, they should have been banging the table with government, asking them, demanding of them, as they would of me. Why are you doing this? It is killing people. We call that medical malpractice. We're calling on you to defend yourself. That's exactly how they talk to me. These are medical decisions being made by physicians, enacted by politicians. Mm -hmm. the, 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 the physicians who call themselves public health physicians, they should be brought to task by their own colleges, not, not only by Congress. They are physicians at the end of the day with their own permits and, and licenses. And that isn't happening. That's a massive abrogation of the responsibility of the colleges of physicians and surgeons. It's Orwellian, like everything else. Everything is upside down. Everything is a nightmare. Everything is exactly what you cannot comprehend happening. And they are complicit in suppressing physicians who are being forced into a binary decision. Ethics or income, you choose. Choose ethics and you won't earn a living. Decide that the earth is flat and we'll allow you to apologize and continue. I'd like everyone to know the gravity of that for an individual physician. There's a famous orthopedic um, general surgeon in Canada, Dr. Francis Christian, who was hauled before his faculty and there was an exchange that went on, which I can paraphrase reasonably accurately, that went something like this. This, now you must understand, this was a doctor talking to a doctor. And the faculty said to Dr. Christian, Dr. Christian, you're an intelligent man. Subtext, how can you be so bloody stupid as to say this? You're an intelligent man, Dr. Christian. We can help you. That's straight out of a ghoul-like psychiatric hospital admission. Say the opposite, 
or take these pills and have ECT and we'll see you again in 10 years. That man, Dr. Christian, just happens to be, by coincidence, an academic student of Stalin. And it was happening to him in real time. No recourse, couldn't offer any counter argument as to why he was simply standing up and saying we shouldn't be vaccinating children. That's all he said. And yet they tried to imply he was mentally unstable because of taking a position that was contrary to the government. And that wasn't coming from the government. That was coming from a physician in his own faculty. We know that Twitter can censor a president of the United States, but everyone should know that the colleges are silencing physicians. You're not getting the truth. You're simply getting the Kool-Aid. And how can you possibly make your own personal decisions on safety and what to do next if you're being denied with brutal efficiency any counter-narrative from politicians, from the media, and particularly from physicians? Isn't it a, isn't it a tragedy? The, average, the numbers that you described, the number of 70% doubly vaccinated, how many of those would have gone through with that if they'd heard the truth. A, a very small fraction, I would suspect. And and people attack it. They attack, whenever I post an interview with Dr. McCullough or Dr. Malone, they attack it. Just just get the vaccine. Why aren't you getting it? And I'm like, well, hey, here's the inventor of the mRNA vaccine. And they're like, well, just because he had, I swear to God, I swear to God, this is one of the quotes from one of the comments. Just because he invented it doesn't mean he's an expert on it. Yeah, and he's he's the guy that said famously, quote, you can't be unvaxxed, close quotes. What a brave man. The inventor doing a 180 saying, hey, I never intended this to happen. I, you know, mRNA vaccines are brilliant. Absolutely ab- brilliant. Absolutely. Yeah, they're so sophisticated, the delivery vehicle, et cetera, et cetera. And people must realize that the, there was work going on with these lipid nanoparticles for 10 years before, before COVID struck. Mm-hmm. Delivery vehicle had been perfected essentially. Yeah, the ADEPT program. It only came it only came to market with warp speed simply because all they had to do was put a strand of messenger RNA in each one of multiple strands of messenger RNA in each one of those tiny vesicles. A challenging, you know, technical issue, but was rapidly rapidly achieved. Mm-hmm. The, the technology was there, perfected. Yeah. The the technology is, and not only am I not anti-vaxxer, I'm not even anti-mRNA. It's incredible. It's the next level of it's it's. We can right if I'm correct, it was pro, cre- created in the adapt or the adept program under DARPA and the in the wake of 9/11. Because if there was to be a biotech, we need to have something that's ready to go, plug and play, which is brilliant. But we've never tested the actual delivery technology before. It's it's yes, it has the. It could be the next, it could be penicillin. It could be the the antiseptic technique. It could be the next thing. But I mean, dude, you got to test it first. Let, let me explain to people what is probably happening. Every biological function follows a bell-shaped curve. Most people are in the middle. You know, you're at the stupid end of the curve. 
Tell me a name at the smart end of the curve. Okay. Yeah, we know. We know. We know. You, you can call it like it is. I know. <laughs> I'm from Manchester. You know, you can't take a joke too bad. Um, no, most people are in the middle, but some people are probably at the extreme end of being super producers of spike protein which exceeds the ability of the immune system to mop it up and react to it with antibodies and cellular immunity and a large amount of that excess then escapes into the general circulation and creates havoc um, in on in blood vessels with thromboses um, attacking the testes attacking the placenta and the, the lining of the uterus um, yeah, that, that's essentially what, what's going on. Uh, the, the spike protein is a, is a toxic agent, um, which is just the, the ultimate cause of, of, of these complications. And they, you see, they didn't study that. They, they, didn't, they didn't look at the biodistribution of spike protein in the general population. It wasn't done. They just looked at the distribution of the particles themselves. Mm-hmm in the, um, the Japanese uh, Pfizer study that was obtained under Freedom of Information. Um, that's the one, by the way, that showed the heavy concentration of the nanoparticles in the ovaries of rats, um, raising serious concerns about the possibility of female infertility. We don't know what's happening in humans because the studies are not being done. In that, I've got you for 10 more minutes because I know, as you said beforehand, Friday, you've got stuff going on. And we haven't touched on it yet. Could you touch on, because uh, I know, is it Dr. Hoffa in Canada, who I also can't get in touch with, but he his fear is like micro blood clots. Is that what you were alluding to in terms of dementia? That's what I want to get to is the yes. dementia. Yes, exactly, exactly. Yes, poor Dr. Hoffa. He's being attacked by his college. His town burnt down in a big fire, mm-hmm. um, destroying his clinic and so on. Um, what... Dr. Hoff did was replicate a study that's underway in Germany, in which Dr. Bakhti, um, a famous immunologist, um, and Dr. Hoff, they were both looking at blood samples of people who had been vaccinated and looking for evidence of blood coagulation taking place. Now, this study is called the D-dimer study. Mm-hmm. Capital D hyphen D-I-M-E-R. People I- want to look. Sorry if I can interrupt. I had a D-dimer test in 2011. I had what I what we now know was pleurisy, but at the time I didn't know what it was. And my mom, who's a nurse, I just called her. I was like, "Ma, it hurts to breathe in." And she was like, "Go to the ER." And she was like, "It's probably nothing, but if it's something, you you might drop dead." And I went in and they tested everything. But one thing my mom uh, specified on the phone is she said, "Ask them to do a D-dimer test," and that's what they did. And they said it's all fine. So it t- turned out to be pleurisy. Just it kind of hurt to breathe in for a couple of days. Sorry, go on. Yes, so they're finding approximately 60% of people who have been vaccinated with simply a sore arm, all right? No other syndrome, no massive headaches, strokes, um, heart attacks, myocarditis, nothing, a sore arm. 60% of those people are showing evidence of blood clotting inside blood vessels. Now, in the absence of a syndrome to go along with that, the implication is that this blood clotting is taking place in capillaries, the very small vessels where the blood is moving slowest, mm-hmm. um, and those capillaries will be getting plugged. Now, when you plug a capillary with a blood clot, 
the, the consequence of that is the cells of that capillary surface the, with oxygen and glucose, those cells will die. Now, if you're supplying the heart muscle and the brain, um, if you're subjecting those organs, which cannot regenerate from cell death, mm -hmm. if you're subjecting those organs to random disseminated capillary thrombosis with the consequential death of cells in an in in a unpredictable way, the distribution and the number of them, then clearly you have the possibility, and I'm underlining this as simply a hypothesis, but backed by science, uh, you have the possibility of reducing the cardiac reserve and the brain reserve that we rely upon as we get older. And therefore, there could be premature onset of things like congestive heart failure, uh, premature onset of dementia that will only come out of the woodwork decades later. Jesus. That's, that's the scale that we have consequences that we could be looking at from the grossly irresponsible way this vaccine was introduced without any concept of these complications happening many years later. And also, of course, the, the untested possibility with good scientific grounds for male and female infertility and for reduced viability of early pregnancies. That's quite apart from all these reports that are being documented in the VAERS listing. Quite apart from that, over and above that. And you can't get unvaxxed. You can't undo it. And, oh. and you know, I've... I see some of my kind of more left-leaning friends, and it's the, and granted, this is a gross generalization. The, you know, if you don't get vaxxed, man, you might catch it, and, uh, you know, and then we'll see who's laughing, and it's like... What do you mean? Who's oh. laughing? There's no no part of this is like, listen, the the vast majority of people I know and love in this world have 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 gotten the vaccine. Some need it. Some are older and they're at risk. A lot don't. Sorry, and, sorry, Tom. Oh yeah. Need, okay. No one needs it. Period. We're, older people in nursing homes can be protected with multiple other ways: vitamin D, zinc. And early treatment with the McCullough and Zelenko protocols should they start start early treatment should they start getting sick. That's all. Yeah. That's all that needs to be done. Okay, but okay, agreed. Regardless, there's no, there's no. I told you so. Like I don't. No part of me is like in ten years when like my cousins and best friends start dropping dead, or in thirty years, no part of me is going to be like, told you. No, I'm no. going to be crying at their funeral. Like, I don't, there's no, ha ha, you're wrong. No. But I, I want to be on the right side of history when that happens. Sure. Absolutely. That's why I keep having you on. That's why I'm so, standing up for what I feel is right. So critical that knowledgeable people stand up now mm -hmm. and make that binary decision in favor of society rather than their pocketbook. That's why we go into medicine, for God's sake. We don't go into it for the title and the money. Well, most of us didn't anyway. We go into it because we want to help people. That's why we go into medicine. Benefiting from it with a title and income is secondary to that. 
But if we don't stand up and be counted now, when the chips fall and the books are written, one of the biggest casualties in all of this will be the reputation of the medical profession who stood by and said nothing. That will have very adverse consequences for the profession that used to be esteemed, respected, our wisdom was sought, but now people will be second guessing. It will be, will be treated no better than lawyers. I fear that decades from now, we'll look back at the 2020s the same way we look back at World War II. And it will be a never forget. It'll be, there'll be some new name, instead of the, the term everyone knows of Nuremberg or Geneva, there's going to be something else. Who knows? Well, I don't know. The fucking the Dallas trials. I don't know. It's going to be some new name that we're all remember, going to just know. And it's. Remember what Jerry Bhattacharya said, another esteemed epidemiologist from Stanford, one of the three signatories of the Great Barrington Declaration. And Dr. Bhattacharya said, and I quote, lockdowns have been the biggest mistake ever made in public health. Close quotes. We've never quarantined the well to protect the sick ever in medical history. It's the other way around. Mm -hmm. You quarantine, if you have to, you quarantine the sick like we did with lepers, unfortunately, years ago, like we did with TV. But you never quarantine the well. That's the scale of madness that was undertaken. The biggest mistake ever made in public health, period. There's a we'll we'll wrap it up with this quote. There's a Buddhist quote about uh, about meditation, and uh, it associates the pains in your life with with pebbles or rocks that you step on and they're painful, and your foot is your mind. What's what's easier, to wrap the entire world in leather, or to wear leather shoes? Quite. Which way do you go about it? Do you try to change the world? And for that saying, do you try to change the world or do you meditate and learn how to live with what's in front of you? Focused protection. <laughs> do we try it's to... It's so obvious. It's screamingly obvious. It's medical student 101 obvious. Knock, knock anyone home. People are dying now. Stop the shot. Fuck yeah. Dr. Hodkinson, I always appreciate your your passion. I like that you hold nothing back. Same with Dr. McCullough, Dr. Malone. You have to stand up for what you feel is right. Who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. And one day I look back at all these episodes and I'm like, man, I was really dead set on that. But I'm okay with that with that possibility because if I'm wrong the possibility is the worst thing is eh, I'm going to get made fun of I can live with that I have thick skin I cannot go forward in life and one day look back at this and being like why didn't I speak up who cares if people got mad at me who cares if I got kicked off YouTube YouTube will be a distant thing in the past they'll just be like oh yeah remember that it's you gotta stand up now and at the very least, stand up for free speech. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I sure. die of COVID. Hey, there's Darwinian selection, baby. I'll be knocked out of the gene pool. But I got to do what I feel is right.
Final statement from a pathologist. Yes, sir. Death happens. Get used to it. <laughs> it's called the roulette game of life. Yeah. You don't know if you're going to die of a ruptured berry aneurysm tomorrow or if you're going to have a head-on collision going to work. We accept those risks of the ordinary risks of everyday life. Get used to it. Again, in a time that I refer to as BC. Remember that time? Before COVID. Before COVID. <laughs> when you were in charge of your risks, not government. Take it back and take it back now before you lose it forever. Hell yeah. I'm Tonight I'm going to go get some cigarettes, beer, and a Big Mac. Who knows? Maybe I die, maybe I don't, but it's on my own. It's on my own problem. And I, I do agree with that. I, one thing I always point to is I was actually thinking about that yesterday. Every time I wake up, I just think, is today the day an aneurysm goes off? Or do I die at 95? Who knows? But that's... Despite the sophistication of modern medicine, the best predictor of longevity, quite apart from your lifestyle, is simply your family history. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. My dad's side, everyone dies young. My mom's side, they all live to their 150. So I figured that averages out, and I probably got an equal life ahead of me. Uh, you, you may not want to run this, but I'll tell you an event that took place out of an Indian temple about five years ago when I someone met my 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 um, my hands, my horoscope, uh -huh. my palm reader, you know. Yeah. And uh, she said, after all the, the mumbo jumbo through the interpreter, she said, "You're going to live until 85, disease-free." And at that point, I stood up, ran into the temple, and became a Hindu. I thought that would be a good insurance. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we'll do then. We'll start selling our own insurance. We'll just Hinduism. Dr. Hodkinson, thank you so much, sir. I've kept you. You for, I've kept you for five minutes longer than I said I would. Yeah. I've thoroughly enjoyed it as always, Tommy, and uh, I look forward to coming on again. Absolutely. With, uh, you know, if uh, if Rumble and Bitch you take you down, I think that would be another badge for you. That would be badass. I don't think they will, though, but that will be badass if they take me down. At this podcast, I already know where it eventually goes. It's me in the woods with a shortwave radio, haired <laughs> out of my ass with a rifle and a couple hunting dogs. I already know where it's going. I just don't know if it's going to be next year or in 20 years. That's where it ends. <laughs> Could you just make sure there are two beds in that cabin? Please? Yes, sir. Oh, you're coming. Well, you're my physician. I'm not going to be able to get medical care because I don't have the vaccine. So you're gonna, you were gonna be in the woods with some belt-fed machine guns and a couple huskies. Just short. We're gonna have like a hand crank generator, shortwave radio, uh, episode eleven hundred and ninety-seven, and just screaming as you know the drones fly overhead and drop vaccine bombs on us. Doctor Hodkinson, thank you, sir. God bless America. God bless you. Stand up for what you think is right. And even if you don't like what Dr. Hawkins says and you don't agree with it or you don't like me, you don't agree with it, it's free speech and we should all defend each other. And we should all know that once none of us can talk anymore, then we're all fucked. And COVID will look like a walk in the park. Dr. Hawkinson, God bless, sir. Thank you so much. You have a wonderful okay. evening. Recording stopped. Bye-bye.